Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. Excited to share Christmas supper time with you. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time of the year. You know, uh, kids get excited about Christmas, and, and uh, my mom, she's always loved Christmas, and Christmas has been a special time in our home. And um, 2011, my dad was really, really sick at Christmas time, and he passed away December 22nd at 5 a.m. And so that kind of ruined, I don't want to say ruined, well, it did. It ruined the whole Christmas thing for me for a while there. And, and, you know, you guys are bright people. It's not about the gifts and all that, but I've always enjoyed the family and the fellowship, and it's just, it's just a special time of the year. So anyways, for a few years, you know, it was just like, ah, man, I just didn't want to deal with the Christmas thing. It just put me in a bad place. You know, my dad was a very special person to me, obviously, but also to this church, and uh, he's such a big, important part of a lot of people's lives that so every time when December rolled around, it was just kind of a weird thing, man. Um, but I, I'm happy to report that uh, I have the joy of the Lord, and I'm so excited about Christmas time. I hope Rachel Jean gets me something special. <laughs> now, uh, you know, I, I am, man. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful time of the year, and I don't want to sound like a little kid, but this is the place where we need to get, Houston. We need to get back to this place to where it is a special time where we can really focus on, on how God has been so good to us. And yes, we need to do that all year long, and we really, really do. But what a wonderful opportunity God gives us to where every December we get to sit back and think, man, God, you have been so good to me. Because w without, the, without the manger, there ain't no cross. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, we got to be excited. I think that we're missing out on a big time blessing. And Satan does, you know, he does all this rigmarole and everything, tries to distract us with, with everything. And it is such a crazy, busy time of the year. But I want to encourage all of us, every single one of us, no matter what you're going through. If, you know, I know a lot of us are going through some major financial issues and we got the COVID thing and a lot of people are dealing with some very severe physical situations. Maybe your family isn't close together like you want it to be. Maybe you lost a loved one over the last couple of years, so Christmas is kind of a weird time for you. I get it. I understand it. But see, here's the deal. We need to turn our focus back on the cross. We need to get excited about what Jesus did for us. Amen? We are blessed people, okay? See how the year's been wild and crazy, and who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen next year? Well, I don't know. You don't know, but the Most High God knows, okay? And we are His kids, so we have a reason to rejoice. So everybody, next few days, especially the next few days, let's get our focus back on Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. Amen? Give Him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. So Luke 2 and verse 7, we're going to be jumping around a lot today, so you don't have to turn in your Bible, just, I mean you can, it ain't going to hurt you, but you can follow along on the bulletin or the slides. But Luke 2 and verse 7, right here we got the birth of the Messiah. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Now I would be a horrible, horrible, horrible preacher if I didn't bring this up. You know, here, here's the deal. When we realized that there was no place for the baby Jesus, that he had to be born in a barn, okay, then I'm obliged to bring up this point. And it is a good point. Don't leave Jesus out. All right? 
don't leave Jesus out, man. It's, it's, I don't want to say tempting, but it's so easy, you know, with everything going on in our worlds, you know, to just say, okay, I just got to get through this Christmas thing. Or maybe you even keep Christmas, you celebrate Christmas, you do the feast and all that. But maybe we're not even giving Jesus any of the time that he deserves. Amen? So look, Jesus had no place. He had to be born in a manger. Okay, but this holiday season, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to keep Christmas. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Amen. And we can do it. It's not too late. It's not too late, beloved, right? Okay. We, this, is, this is such a wonderful, wonderful. And I'm, I'm kind of hyped up right now because of the whole Christmas thing. I've got that, as Brooke Benton says, i got that Christmas feeling. I'm excited. My kids are excited and all that, man. Because this is a wonderful thing, man. We get to turn our eyes on Jesus. Let's not leave them out. Amen? Amen. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now we're going to start to preach. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. So why the manger? Why little insignificant Bethlehem? Um, the easiest way to look at it, or, the, or what jumps right into the forefront of all our minds, why Bethlehem, why the manger, is for this simple fact right here, Dalton, God doesn't lie. God keeps his word. So think about what I just said. That, that, shouldn't, be like a, that shouldn't be like something that just changed your world. We should already know that. You know, but see, like I said over the past few weeks, God's made all these amazing promises. And all the things that God promises, they either have come to pass or they will come to pass. Amen? So when you're looking at your life, you're looking at your crazy world. Okay, when God says in his word that you are his workmanship, when you are his masterpiece, when you as a Christian believer are his work of art, he's not just saying that to be nice. God don't lie. Okay, so he's saying that you as a Christian person, you are God's work of art and he loves you with an undying love. When he says in, in the Psalms, I'll never leave you, that he'll be faithful. Buddy, you can write a check on that. You can take that to the bank. People will do you wrong, okay? And God's not always going to do the things that you think is, that's not going to be the way you would do it, okay? But you're not God. And he knows what he's doing, okay? And he's got your best interests at heart. So I'm here to tell you this morning, that when God makes a promise in his word, you can grab a hold of it and you can stand on it, okay? When all around me is sinking sand, look, my God does not lie. So several hundred years ago, before the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem, this little insignificant nothing town in the shadow of mighty Jerusalem, you know, God made this promise in Micah 5.2 right here. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Nobody thought nothing about Bethlehem. A lot happened going on there. King David was born there. Okay? But see, God made a pro God picked out a little, tiny, insignificant place. You know what Bethlehem means? It means the house of bread. You know what Jesus is? Jesus is the bread of life. Okay? And you know what's cool about Bethlehem? Is this is the area where they would keep the sheep that were going to be sacrificed in the temple um, as worship, as for a forgiveness of our sins, they would sacrifice these sheep in the temple in Jerusalem, not up the road, but they were kept down the road in Bethlehem. And here was Jesus born in a manger. 
in Bethlehem, the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. So God picks out this little, tiny, insignificant town. This just this little tiny place. And he says, I'm going to do something real special in this little town. Okay? Now, you can look at your world, look at your life. Okay? And maybe people don't think much of you. Maybe you think you're too old for anything to really happen. But look here. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Because when God calls you his work of art, he's not lying. When God says, this is my workmanship. Okay? He ain't lying. Okay? If God says it, it's true. Okay? So he, he prophesied, hey. Little Bethlehem, I got a big job for you. Little Donnie, little Sarah, little Sister Claudia, Lister Polly, little Polly. God's got something for us to do. You know what I mean? Get excited. We need to get excited, man. We're blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you, O Bethlehem, that rowdy group today, rowdy bunch of folks, man. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratha, or however you say that, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. I know one ever thought too much about Bethlehem. Um, and that does, that certainly reminds me of little David. You know, little King David, who, you know, when, uh, when the, the prophet, the mighty man of God, comes to town, comes to Bethlehem, actually, to anoint the new king, Okay, because God was done with King Saul, and he said, I'm going to pick out a man after my own heart. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do the picking this time around. Okay, so um, the prophet Samuel is dispatched to the house of Jesse. You know, and Jesse lines up all his boys, and that had to be a pretty exciting thing. You know, one of my boys is going to be the king of Israel. That's awesome. That's great. That's cool. But he didn't even think about little David. Little insignificant David left him out there with the sheep. You know what I mean? So when, so when the man of God, when Samuel comes around, he's like, hey, this got to be this guy. This guy's handsome. He's tall. He kind of reminds me of King Saul. I bet it's this guy. And, and God's like, nope. I look at the heart. Okay? God looks at the heart. Think about what I just said. God looks at the heart. You might look around and think, well, God ain't going to use me. I'm, I'm not too cool. I'm too old. I'm too young. Man, that's rubbish. That's ridiculous. All right? And, 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 you know, David's own daddy kept him out in the field. So that means that Jesse, David's daddy, had to, had to have this, some, something like this had to go through his mind. Okay, one of my boys might just be the king, the next king of Israel. But one thing's for sure, it ain't going to be David. So I'm going to keep him out here with the sheepies. You know, I'm not even going to bring him around. We'll just keep him out of the whole thing. Because it ain't going to be him. Okay. So when I read this, too little to be among the clans of Judah. Nobody thought much about Bethlehem. And David's own parents didn't think too much about him. I mean, I'm sure they loved him and all that, but they're like, ah, he's, he's not king material. Okay, but God looks at the heart. Amen. And so little David, no one thought much about him, but God said, that's my man. That's my man. So I don't want you to give up on God. I want us to focus on God and his goodness and be excited about the plans that he has for us. I know it's been a hard road. I know this year's been crazy. You know, and some of us are going through some just some wild, wild, life-altering stuff right now. But use this opportunity, because this is what God wants. Use this opportunity to run closer into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Because when things are getting shaken up in our world and in my world, that's God saying, hey, 
Let's, let's grow in relationship. Why don't you run to me? Why don't you put your trust in me? When everything else is falling apart, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Can I get a witness? Moving forward. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Now this ancient days, I just want to bring this out real fast. But see, one of the names of God is the ancient of days. Look through Daniel. There's a lot of that in Daniel and even in Isaiah. You say, well, okay, is Jesus ancient of days? Is God ancient of days? Or has God always existed? Because there's some cats that are pretty ancient, but they ain't always existed. Okay, so we got to get to the meaning of, of what's going on here. When the Bible says ancient of days, what it really means is before there was days. Before there was days. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, wrapped himself in human flesh, felt pain just like me, and you know what it felt like to be betrayed, knew what it felt like to be rejected by the people he came to save, was completely misunderstood. Okay, some of us might be able to relate to that. Okay, Jesus knows what it feels like, man, uh, to be mistreated. Can I get a witness? Okay, but see, look at this little prophecy. Let it be known that Jesus Christ was not created at that one point in time to be born in, in that manger in Bethlehem. Okay, he was 100% man and he was 100% woman, but he has always existed. Amen, can I get a witness? Yeah, give him some praise. So the big thing, or, or one of the things that jumps out at me, why the manger, why Bethlehem, why this little tiny nowhere place? Okay, one of the things is just because God said it's going to happen, you know, and God don't lie. And that really does encourage me, man, because, you know, this Christian walk, it is a faith thing. You know, we have to trust in God's word. So let God be true and every man a liar. You know, he's not going to lie. Things aren't always going to work out the way you think they should, but God's going to do what's best for his people. Can I get a witness? But let's look, looky here. Look at the humility the humbleness of, uh, of the creator of the universe because Jesus Christ created all things. And every good gift, Merry Christmas, every good gift comes down from the Father. Okay? Now here's Jesus Christ, the everlasting Son of God, born of a virgin, and he shows us some really, really neat things about service. Okay? It's not about you anymore. If you're a Christian, you need to understand that. If you're not a Christian, you need to understand it too, but it's not going to make much sense to you until you accept Jesus Christ. But it's not about us. It's about Him. Amen? Okay? Now think about what He did for you for one tiny little second. Okay? He was nailed to that tree. He went through all that agony. And He dealt with all of us knuckleheads, you know, for 33 years, man, face to face. He went through all that, but He did it because He loves us. And he showed us how to serve. Matter of fact, let me read this verse. Because that's what we're all about. We are God's humble servants. Just like little Mary. Amen. Who said, I'm God's humble servant. Your will be done. Okay. And certainly she didn't fully understand what she was signing up for. But she said, you know, she was like, God, you know what I'm signing up for. And I'm your servant. Okay. 
Because Mary had to go through a lot of rejection too, right? And Mary had to see her son, her precious son, being murdered and mistreated and, and uh, ridiculed and completely misunderstood. Anyways, moving forward, read, read the prophecy that Simeon gives, because I'm not going to have time to get into that today. But read the prophecy in Luke. Um, I believe it's Luke. Yeah, it's Luke, I think. Where Simeon and Anna give these amazing words. It's an early look. Anyways, moving forward. Let's just move forward. Matthew 20 and verse 28. Even as the Son of Man, we're talking about Jesus, who was born in a barn. Amen. He was born in a barn, born in this little tiny insignificant town. Okay. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. You see that? Jesus says, I'm here to serve you guys. I'm here to make it to where you can live forever. I'm going to pay for your sin debt. Okay, so when we accept Jesus Christ, there needs to be a change in us, right? Where we realize, hey, you know what? It's not all about me anymore. It's kind of like a little bit like when you become a parent, you know, or when you get married and you go through that change where, where, where you're like, man, you know what? I got to put these other people before me. Sometimes that takes a lifetime to figure out. Sometimes it takes longer than that to actually implement that. You know, but that's what we've been called to do. That's what Jesus says, you know. Okay, and we see that perfect example by Jesus Christ. So in Matthew 20 and verse 28, and I apologize for jumping around a little bit, but what we have here is where two of his disciples, James and John, they were brothers. And mama, mom, their mama, comes up to Jesus and says, hey, uh, um, I want to I want to ask you a little favor, Jesus. Uh, do you think that my, my kids, when you come into your kingdom, when everything kind of gets sorted out, that my kids, one could sit on your right side and one on the left side in this special place, can, can they be promoted above these other ten knuckleheads? You know, these are my boys. You know, it's just like a mama. I mean, this is just a really peculiar thing. Who knows if the boys put mama up to it or mama just said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go talk to Jesus for y'all. I'm going to make sure I work this out to where one's on the right side, one's on the left side. And Jesus breaks it down, man. This is what Jesus says. Okay, so you want your boys to have this special place. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. In other words, James and John's mama, you're looking at this thing the wrong way. Okay, we are, we are here to serve. Amen. It's not about me being my name in lights or, or me having some special something rather or another, but I'm here for Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Now, the funny thing about all this is the other ten disciples, they see what mom's doing. They see what, they see what James and John's mama's doing, and they get mad too. But they're not mad because, like, oh, how dare her say something like that. It's not about them. It's about Jesus. They're upset, man, because mama beat them to the punch, man. <laughs> Through the whole through this whole disciple thing with the 12 disciples, they were always bickering. Who, who is the greatest? Who's the greatest? There are about like 12 Muhammad Ali's. I'm pretty. I'm the greatest. Can I get a witness? Matthew 20 and verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay. Do you see what's going on here? And this is the template that we are supposed to follow. So, you know, the good Lord has nothing good to say about pride. Matter of fact, there is nothing. He doesn't say anything good about pride in Scripture. 
He hates arrogance. He hates pride. But he wants his people to be a humble people, willing to serve, willing to go the extra mile. Amen? And we see what Jesus Christ did for us. Oh, my goodness gracious. How can we not want to do what he's called us to do? Amen? When we see what he went through for us. Like I said, without that manger, without that precious little birth in Bethlehem, we wouldn't have the cross. We wouldn't have the risen Savior. We'd be in a world of hurt. Can I get a witness? Luke 9 and verse 58. Talking about the humility we see in Jesus Christ's ministry. Okay? And look at Luke 9 and verse 58. We already talked about James and John's mama trying to get them promoted. And the disciples get all ruffled about it. They're upset because, hey, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. But look at Luke 9 and verse 58. This cat, this guy, not a cat. Um, they had them back then. They found skeletons. They did exist back then. They were 18 foot tall, though, back then. And they had wings. Well, that's what the painting. Uh, no, no, never mind. Cats were around, but I'm talking about people. Can I get a witness? It's really good that that happened while Sister Claudia wasn't in here. <laughs> Luke 9 and verse 58. So, okay, anyways, this dude comes up to Jesus. He's like, hey, hey, Jesus, I like what you're doing here. I like the thing. I like how you're, how you're, you're turning the water into wine. You're, 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 you're feeding all these people. You're, you're healing the sick people. You're opening the blind eyes. I like what you're doing here. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go anywhere you go. How's that sound to you, Jesus? How about if I just clear the old calendar and I just go on the road with you like these other guys? That's what Jesus says, man. Is he breaks it down for him, okay? Because when we begin to think, well, I'm a Christian, and, you know, my life just needs to be super, super easy, that's not in the Word of God. That's not. And I'm sorry if somebody told you that. But we do have some amazing blessings. Number one, all right, let's talk about the fact that we get to live forever. That's, that's all right, ain't it? Yeah, that, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But God takes care of us. He provides for us. And he blesses us. He blesses us. But he never once says, okay, you ain't going to have no troubles. You ain't going to have no hardships. He makes it very clear that this Christian road, it's a tough journey, okay? And so this is what Jesus says to the guy. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes. That's true. Foxes do have holes. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Think about that, man. The Son of God. We can only imagine what he left. What he left to come down to earth. And, and as he's down here on earth being born in a barn, entrusting himself to this young lady and this carpenter, you know, as he goes into this ministry, he doesn't even have a, he doesn't even have a place to stay, man. You know what I mean? I hang out with homeless people from time to time. That's not a joke. I, I hang out with homeless people from time to time. And the one thing about homeless folks is they're homeless. You know, they don't have a place to call home, man. And, and I think, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily seem like that would be a great feeling to have. To think, well, when a day of work is done, I don't have no place to go lay my head. But see, we have the, create, the actual the creator of the universe who doesn't have a home, man. You see what he did for you? Why don't you give him some praise? And we think, well, our life should be like this at this point in our life and all that. Well, not necessarily. That'd be great. That'd be nice. 
And we can look around at our neighbors. We can look around at other people in here and think, well, he's got a fancy car. He's got a nice house. Man, it ain't about all that. It's not about all that, all right? And, and, and if you, you just have to have those things to work really, really hard for them. Work hard for that stuff if you want that stuff, but don't leave Jesus out. Can I get a witness? You got to keep Jesus first. But don't get mad at somebody else because they seem to have acquired something else that you don't have. You don't know what they had to sacrifice to get to that place. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, any old hoot and holler. Now check this out. Jesus had no place to lay his head. John 13, John 13, verses 14 and 15. Now this right here, uh, and I am jumping around all over the Gospels today, but I'm trying to make a point that God shows us that he wants his folks to serve and serve humbly. Not about getting your name in lights or pats on the back. But, you know, it's about him. It's not about us. Amen? Amen. So here we go at the Last Supper, okay? And, and here again at the Last Supper, right before Jesus is going to be arrested, he's going to be arrested and betrayed in just a little while. Jesus does this amazing thing. And here again, the 12 disciples do something really, really amazing too. They break down again and begin to argue about who is the most awesomest disciple. And Jesus does this, man. Jesus gets up and washes their feet. And again, we're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the King of Kings. We're talking about the creator of the universe. He says, let me, let me try and teach you guys something. Okay, so he washes their feet. Every single one of them, even Judas. Could you imagine how his heart felt? <laughs> I'm not talking about hatred because he never sinned, okay? If, if Jesus sinned, we, we, we might as well be Christmas shopping or golfing or something or whatever you want to do. But he didn't sin. If he ever sinned, he had to pay for his own sins. He couldn't pay for mine. But he never did once sin. He knew what it felt like to be tempted. He just never gave in to it. Anyways, he washes these 12 disciples' feet, and then he says this amazing thing. Now let it sink in, beloved. John 13 and verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, and that's what he was, and that's what he is. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. And that's no small potatoes, man. You talk about some nasty, nasty walking down the desert road, man, all day long. You know, and they sat crisscross applesauce around them little tables, man. All right? They didn't sit in chairs and stuff. They sit down, you know, with their legs crossed. So, like, Peter's feet could be in John's face and all sorts of nonsense. And they're fighting about who's, who's the bestest, who's the coolest, digging in their toenails and all that junk. I don't know about that. But Jesus gets up and washes their feet because he's teaching us something. Okay, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. These guys didn't seem like they really got along too well. It was all about, you know, how, how I'm so much cooler than you. I'm so much in, uh, more important to you. I think Jesus might, might have a special place for me in his kingdom. I think that I, uh, I might do a little more for the cause than you, you know. Okay, but Jesus says, you know what? I washed your feet and I'm your teacher, and I'm your Lord. Now, this is what you need to do for one another. Not, not having animosities towards one another. We're talking about Christian folks. We're talking about believers. You know what I mean? 
we're, we're, we're talking about the world, but we're talking about everybody here. You know, it's not about you. Bottom line, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Can I get a witness? You ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I have given you an example. Isn't that cool that God gives us examples to follow? For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Isn't that cool? When in doubt, be a servant. Well, what if no one ever notices? God notices. You know what I mean? When in doubt, just follow God's example. Follow Jesus' example. Serve. Obey His word. Galatians 4 and verse 4. Oh, this is good. Let's look at that example. But when the fullness of time had come in that perfect, perfect time, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Do you guys realize that? That Jesus Christ, He was born in Old Testament times. And He had to obey the law. He had to obey the law. Okay? Now, He obeyed it flawlessly. That's what He had to do. He had to fulfill the law because there's no way we could. Take a quick run through the Ten Commandments. Have you ever told a fib? You ever told a lie? You ever told a little lie because you didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings? We just broke God's law right there. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm just saying. But see, Jesus Christ fulfilled that for us. Amen? Born under the law to redeem. This is where it gets really, really good. Okay, we're almost done. But think about this, guys. Think about this, what has been done for you. Okay, because he didn't just snap his fingers and everything was put back the way it was supposed to be. But Jesus Christ had to fulfill the law. He had to fulfill all these prophecies, which means he had to suffer. He had to suffer for your sins. Can I get a witness? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now think about that this Christmas time. You know, the fact that we have been grafted into the most special family in the universe. You know what I mean? That we are actually royalty. But don't get puffed up. Don't get prideful. Because Jesus Christ came to serve. And he says, follow my example. I just washed you guys' feet. Now you go do this to one another, man. You go out there in the highways and the byways. And you show people the love of Jesus. Oh yeah, you got to tell them. You got to tell them the gospel. You got to tell them the good news. You got to tell them that we've all fallen short, that we've all broken God's law, that none of us are perfect. You got to let them know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So we got to give them the truth, but we got to give them the truth and love. Can I get a witness? Because we do, man. We get we can get a little puffed up and arrogant and prideful. I sure know. I, I have to fight that, man. When uh, um, and I have nothing to be prideful about. Don't. Uh, what I'm trying to say is. When somebody, when somebody gets involved or messes around with a sin that isn't the type of sin that I'm apt to get into, then it's kind of easy for me to get on my high horse and think, well, I would never do something like that. But, you know, well, that ain't no good, man. Without God's grace, that is us. You know what I mean? And, and you know, the good book says, you know, you all concerned about the little speck in somebody else's eye when you got a big old telephone pole in yours. You know, we're all messed up cats, man. Ain't nobody in here perfect. But Jesus Christ is perfect. Amen. So he redeemed us. 
You know, he was born in that manger. He was born of a virgin. He was the perfect son of God. And he died on that cross and rose from the dead on the third day to redeem us. Okay? So give him some praise. Yeah. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. You know what's cool about adoption? It means you were picked out, man. God picked you out. Why would we not want to serve him? You know what I mean? Matthew 16, 24. Look at this with me. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me. See, Jesus ain't into deception. That's false religions. That's all those stupid fake religions that want to deceive you and manipulate you, okay? And I don't mean no offense if you got into some hubbub following something, but thank goodness you've accepted Jesus Christ. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you need to do that today. That is the way of the truth. That is the only way to the Father. Okay. Now looky here. Matthew 16 and verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, okay, foxes have holes, Birds of the air have nests. This ain't no easy road. But if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, this is what you need to be willing to do. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Well, that's most of us. Well, I don't know about anybody in here. But, you know, we don't like to deny ourselves much of anything. You know what I mean? We don't. I don't. But see, Jesus says, here it is again not about you chief arena it's about him okay and he gives us this example to follow to humbly serve others if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me that is i ain't gonna lie to you that's a hard message right there that is a hard message to follow him even if it means laying down your life, even if it means checking out uh, and going to eternity a way you didn't really want to go. You know what I mean? Okay, but we don't, it's not about us. It's about him. Amen? So Jesus ain't into deception, man. He's like straight up. You got to be willing to lay down your life. You got to be willing to pick up your cross and follow me because it's not about you. It's about me. Can I get a witness? All right, let's go to the last and final slide, Clyde. I hope everybody can stay in feast. Luke 2 and verse 17. So we see over and over again through Scripture how Jesus lays it out. It ain't about you. It's about me. Okay, now let's look a little bit just briefly. Look at the shepherds. Okay, now, in this little nowhere town, in this manger, the creator of the universe is born of a woman um, to die for our sins. Okay, now looky here. Um, Jesus, this is really amazing that God chooses to make this announcement to a bunch of no-name shepherds, these guys with a complete dead-end job, the guys that the, the other Jews, the other Hebrews, didn't really like to be around, man, because they weren't clean, man. They, they weren't able to be ceremonial, they weren't able to be clean often. 
because of their occupation. And they were messing around with sheep all the time. They were always alone. There was no chance of advancement. It was a very lonely situation they had. Okay, but God chooses to reveal the birth of the Son of God to these guys with this amazing show. But this is what happens directly after they get the good news. Luke 2 and verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So what happened? The shepherds just had this angel appear and say, hey, you guys, amazing things happen in, in Bethlehem. It's really, really cool. And then all these other angels appear. And it was just this amazing spectacle. And so they're stoked. And then they go and see Jesus. And they're excited because it's just like the angels promised. Remember, God keeps his word. Okay? And when they saw it, they, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. It's, it's really cool to me that these guys, completely dead-end job, man. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. They got this job. They're doing the thing. But then their life has changed just like that. And they're never the same after that. And they can't keep it in. They're going around telling everybody, hey, guess what? The Savior's born. The Savior's born. See, that's what happens to us when we truly accept Jesus Christ. There's a change in us, and we get, we get excited. And I want to encourage us to get back to that place because some of us, we've served the Lord for a long time, and life gets kind of hard and kind of tough and unfair. And we, we forget what's been done for us, man. You know, we put it on the back burner because the world, you know, the world don't stop. And we forget, hey, man, I've been forgiven of my sins. That Jesus Christ was born in a manger and he died on a cross and he rose from the dead. And I get to live forever, man. So I got nothing to gripe about. But life does the thing and we just, we just put it on the back burner. But we need to be stoked up again like these shepherds who are like, man, they can't, they can't hold it in. They got to tell people. Man, you won't believe what just happened. I just saw these angels. We need to get excited. That's what I'm trying to say. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. <laughs> okay, here's another little cool tidbit. Did you ever stop to think about this? And we're almost done. But see, here's these shepherds whose life's completely just changed, man. They got this amazing news. And they are, they are literally the guys who got the news, okay, other than Mary and Joseph. But see, we have the first gospel message on that first Christmas day, you know, delivered by a bunch of shepherds, man. Isn't that cool? Look at yourself, all right? No one's too low to be used by God. Whatever your past is, whatever you, what lies you believe from the devil, well, God doesn't want to use me. God can't use me. No one cares about me. None of that's true, man. All right? Look at these shepherds, man. No one's in too, too much of a humble place to come to God, to come to Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus shows how accessible he is to us. He, wasn't choo he didn't choose to be born in the temple. He didn't choose to be born in, in the palace like the other kings. He didn't choose to be born in Jerusalem. He, was, he chose to be born where they keep the sacrificial sheep, in a barn, in a manger, in a no-place town. And he says, listen, man. You can come to me as messed up as you are. You come to me, and, and he, he makes himself available to all men. Amen. He came, he, he, he came to the shepherds, man, these nobodies. 
and from afar off come the wise men. You know, and we got two two extremes right here: the poorest of the poor, the richest and smartest of the smart man of that day. We have the the Hebrew shepherds, and we have the Gentile wise men coming from afar, just like me and you coming from afar, being grafted into that family. What a blessed bunch of folks you are. So, man, they're delivering this gospel message, man, on, on that first Christmas day. Spreading the gospel. Hey, the Savior's been born. We're at here. We're at here. We're at in the barn, man. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Okay, not everyone's going to get the message. Okay. But we've been called to serve. And we've been called to deliver a message. We deliver the truth. We deliver the truth in love. Not in arrogance, not in pride, not on our high horse. And Jesus gives us that example. See, not everybody's going to be stoked about this message, this thing that has changed your life. See? And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Yeah, what are you talking about, you guys? Where's your sheep? What are you doing in town, man? Okay, but see, it meant, all, it meant something real special to this little girl. It meant something amazing to little Mary, who just had a pretty rough day. You know, I mean, she just gave birth to the Son of God in a manger, in a barn, and she just had to do all that traveling and everything. And so, it's not that she wasn't trusting in God. You know she was trusting in God. But see, God dispatched these no-name, stinky shepherds to encourage this little girl. Isn't that cool? Okay. Looky here. But Mary, but, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them, in her heart. So when God does that change in us, we realize, man, I, I'm, I'm a safe person, man. I got nothing to complain about. You know, we really should get excited about that and have it overflowing like these shepherds, man. Not everybody's going to dig on it. Not everybody's going to appreciate the message. But look, it encouraged this young lady. It encouraged little Mary. And I'm saying, what you have, what God has given you, can encourage others. So stop hiding it under a bushel. You know what I mean? So we need to show other people the love of Jesus. Even if you don't know a single scripture, you can do something nice for somebody else. You can show them the love of Jesus by your actions. Can I get a witness? <laughs> That's awesome. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And I want to encourage you guys to store up the word of God. I just said even if you don't know a scripture. But that's really no excuse. We can memorize some scripture. Even if you don't memorize some scripture, listen to the word of God. Listen to it on CD. Listen to it on the radio. If you don't want to read it, but you should read it. Some way, somehow, get it in your heart and let it be that treasure. Because whatever you're going to get on December 25th or whatever you don't get, none of that stuff really matters. Okay? But you've been given this precious gift of salvation. And God gives us the, the manual for life. He gives us the Word of God. He gives us the Bible. And He says, let that be something special. Build that up in your heart. Your Word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen? We need to get excited, man. That's what I'm trying to say. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You ever just kind of chew on the Word of God? You know, just kind of ponder? Well, God, how are you going to do this? Mm, I don't know. We don't know, but God knows. We trust in His promises. Can I get a witness? Okay, last verse. Same as the first. I mean, it has, it's completely different from the first verse. And the shepherds... This is cool. 
And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, that's a valid point. You know, what if this angel appears and said, hey, uh, check this out. Son of God's been born. The Messiah's been born. He's over there in Bethlehem. He's in a manger. And they go there, and it's, he's not there. It didn't happen. Well, we'd be in a mess. <laughs> you know, we'd be in a mess. We'd be in a big mess. We probably wouldn't be here. But think about the shepherds, man. They're stoked because, wow, this amazing thing just didn't happen. But God does not lie. God keeps his word. Just like the angel said, there's a little baby. The last thing they thought they would see, you know, I mean, I'm sure they had to believe the, the message. I mean, but you don't see little babies in barns sitting in a feeding trough. You don't see that. You know, that doesn't happen a lot. Okay. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So then again, yet again, stand on the word of God. You can trust in God. But look at this. These shepherds, man, these nasty fellas, man, with dirty hands, hard working, manual labor, blue collar cats, dead end job. They had the same dead end job after all this happened. Okay. But there was a change in their heart. They're going back to the sheep. They're going back. Hey, Bill, I'll see you in the morning. They're going back to the sheep. They're going back to do the thing. Just like before all that other, before the angels appeared. You know? So maybe your world, your life ain't how you want it, but you can still be excited, man. Because you belong to the Most High God. Amen? And He, he's, he, he, he has done so much for you. Okay? So when He says, humbly get out there and serve, then I think we can do that. You know what I mean? I think we should want to do that. Can I get a witness? And not gripe and complain about, ah, my life ain't how it's supposed to be. Man, let God use you right where you're at. Maybe, maybe stop complaining so much. Can I get a witness? Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to victorylifechurchofmilton.com for more. And may God bless you.